The more we acknowledge Jesus' resurrection, the more we admit the possibility and the eventuality of our own resurrection. This is the Bible Speaks to You podcast, episode 131. Today's topic, Jesus' resurrection is also our resurrection. You're listening to The Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I am so grateful that you're here. Easter will be here in just a few days, and you're probably making plans on how you plan to celebrate. But Jesus' resurrection, which we celebrate at Easter time, is hopefully not an event that we remember only once a year. I've been thinking a lot about Easter over the last few weeks, and I keep coming back to the resurrection and why it's so important. It's interesting because during most of the year, many Christians focus on Jesus' death on the cross as the most significant thing that Jesus did for our salvation. And then at Easter time, they talk about and celebrate the fact that Jesus is risen. But then a week or so after Easter, they go back to mostly talking about Jesus' crucifixion. But frankly, I think we need to focus more on the resurrection all year long. If Jesus had not been victorious over death through his resurrection, there would not be much, if anything, to celebrate. Now, that may sound pretty strong for someone who thinks the only thing that saves us from our sins is Jesus' death on the cross, but without the resurrection, the crucifixion is the end of the story, and there is no victory over sin and death. Paul actually makes this very point in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. He says, If it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Could Paul make it any clearer than that? It's the resurrection 
that gives value to the crucifixion. The crucifixion in and of itself does not take away the sins of the world. It's only through his resurrection, his victory over death and the grave, that Jesus defeated the hold that sin has on the world. Let me quote Paul one more time. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. It's not Jesus' death on the cross that takes away our sins. It is his victory over death through his resurrection. So let's talk about the resurrection and how it applies to you and me. When Jesus emerged from the tomb that morning, almost 2,000 years ago, it proved that the world and its material sinful ways had no ultimate power or authority over Christ. All the evils of the world, all the sin and self-centered rejection of God and his Christ, which were poured out on Jesus, could not prevent Jesus from being victorious. His victory gives us the victory as well. Jesus' resurrection is also our resurrection. What do I mean by that? Well, Jesus broke the hold that death had on the world. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15.20, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. This indicates that Jesus has set the stage for future victories over death, our victory over death, each of us. Jesus' resurrection forced his immediate disciples, despite their doubt, to admit that such an event was possible. You could say it was the first step toward their own resurrection, certainly a resurrection of their thinking to a more spiritual perspective, from fear and doubt to hope, joy, and a whole new sense of what was possible. It's easy to hear and say the words, with God all things are possible. But if you had been one of the ten or eleven disciples standing there, depending on which day it was, When Jesus appeared in the room with you, even though the doors were locked, it would have given you a whole new dimension to what the phrase, with God all things are possible, could mean. When his disciples saw the resurrected Jesus, they experienced, to some small degree, a resurrection of their own, a resurrection of their faith, their hope, their joy, and of what the future could bring. Let's look at some examples of how Jesus' resurrection affected his disciples and how it propelled their spiritual growth and progress, their resurrection, you might say. First on the scene of the resurrection was Mary Magdalene. I imagine you're very familiar with this passage from John. This is chapter 20, verses 11, 14 through 18. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, She stooped and looked in. Then she turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, 
Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. And, of course, we know they didn't believe her. But Mary knew she had seen Jesus. Her hope was restored, or you could say resurrected, instantly. Jesus also appeared to a couple of his disciples who were leaving Jerusalem, headed toward Emmaus, on the morning of the resurrection. Jesus joined them on their journey, although they didn't recognize him until they had arrived at their destination and were sitting down for a meal. What effect did Jesus' resurrection have on these two men? They couldn't get back to Jerusalem fast enough. They were so excited to tell the other disciples they had seen Jesus. Their hope and faith were also resurrected, just like Mary Magdalene's had been. And you can read that whole story in Luke chapter 24. Once they arrived back in Jerusalem, as they were telling the others they had seen Jesus, he appeared to them. It was shocking. They could hardly believe it. These very men who had been his constant companions and to whom he had foretold his death and resurrection still had a hard time accepting it. And yet they did. It was the beginning of their resurrection. Jesus raised them all up that evening. Jesus continued to appear at different times to different groups of his followers over the next several weeks. One time at the Sea of Galilee, another time to a crowd of 500 believers all at once. You can find that in John 21.1 and 1 Corinthians 15.6. All these appearings confirmed and reconfirmed the fact that Jesus had risen from the dead. Let's ponder for a moment the effect of this on those who saw him. If you had been in the crowd of 500 people when Jesus appeared, how would you have responded? You may have already heard Mary Magdalene, Peter, or John assuring you they had seen Jesus alive after his death but you probably would still have your doubts. But when you saw him for yourself, you too would be taking that first step of your own resurrection. And think of the impact that had, not just on each person individually, but think of what it did collectively for the crowd there and how that influenced the progress of the early Christian church. Every single one of those people in the crowd that day could testify that they had seen the risen Savior. Think of the ripple effect that their conversations with their friends and family would have in the future. The resurrection was not just a personal victory for Jesus. It was, and still is, a spiritual victory for all mankind. We are still reaping the fruits of this victory today. We are taking steps, however small they may seem, toward our own resurrection. The more we acknowledge Jesus' resurrection, the more we admit the possibility and the eventuality of our own resurrection. 
Well, what does this mean for us today in practical terms? Well, lots of things, actually, but there are too many possibilities to cover them all here in this podcast episode. I often talk about the mindset of Jesus on the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Think for just a minute about what a resurrection mindset would be. Jesus knew he was going to be crucified, but he also knew he would overcome death. In fact, even before the crucifixion, he said, I have overcome the world. That's John 16, 33. This reveals a crucial facet of Jesus' mindset. It was an acknowledging the victory ahead of time mindset. It was a complete trust in God mindset. It was a resurrection mindset. How can you and I embrace this aspect of Jesus' way of thinking? I don't have a little pat answer for you on this. It's something we all need to ponder and pray deeply about and to strive to live in our daily lives and attitudes. The beautiful thing is, though, God is working with us in this. Paul assures us in Romans, this is chapter 8, verse 11, If the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. And then in 2 Corinthians 4.14, he says, We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you, he was writing to the Corinthians, to himself. Paul is saying that God will raise all of us up with Jesus and present us all to himself. God will raise us up and we will be in his presence. We tend to think of this happening way off in the future sometime after we die, but why can't we begin to experience it here and now? Can God raise the dead today as in Jesus' time? People were actually asking that same question not too long after Jesus had ascended. I've already quoted that passage from 1 Corinthians where people were questioning whether there was any such thing as resurrection from the dead. And when Paul is defending himself in front of King Agrippa, this is in Acts 26, 8, he asks the question, why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? We should ask that same question today. Can we have the same conviction that Paul did? It may be easy to accept it for Jesus, but what about others? What about today? Raising the dead did not stop with Jesus. When a disciple named Tabitha died, her friends called Peter to come to them. When he got there, this is in Acts 9, 40 and 41, Peter asked them all to leave the room. Then he knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. If this was possible then, is it not still possible today? God hasn't changed. Peter was so filled with the resurrection mindset, the awareness that life is spiritual and eternal, 
He was not impressed by what the five material senses were telling him, that Tabitha was dead. When we adopt as our own this same resurrection mindset, then what is to prevent us from following Peter's example? I know this probably sounds rather hypothetical, and perhaps it is, but I think it's important for us to at least acknowledge the possibility of this happening today. And, actually, there's a growing body of evidence that the clutches of death are losing their grip on mankind. Just go to YouTube and search for videos of near-death experiences. There are too many to count. I met a woman in my prison ministry years ago who was, according to the doctors in the operating room, dead for about 20 minutes. She came back to life, and it wasn't because of anything they did to resuscitate her. And I know personally of several other examples when someone died and came back to life, also not because of efforts on the part of the medical professionals. Jesus has broken the hold that death has on the world, and the cracks are starting to show. For me, this is prophetic of the ultimate victory over death we all have through Christ. As we grow in embracing our resurrection mindset, resurrection can come in small ways. It can be the resurrection of our faith, our joy, a relationship that was dead, a lost opportunity. Resurrection comes in many ways, big and small. This verse from Colossians always inspires me and reminds me where to keep my focus. This is Colossians 3, verse 1. Since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, there's that sense of resurrection, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Paul doesn't say to focus on the crucifixion. He doesn't say to focus on the problems going on in the world or your personal problems. He says, Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in a place of honor at God's right hand. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. Jesus constantly set his sights on the realities of heaven. He could see that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The more we bear witness to this fact, the more we will see the risen Christ, and the more we will experience his resurrection, and our resurrection in our lives today. I wish you a very blessed Easter, and I pray that you experience more of the resurrection in your life. We're still working on our prayer project, 22 Ways to Pray with the Mindset of Jesus in 2022. This is week 15. The thing we're focusing on this week is the fact that Jesus didn't take the bait of critics and naysayers. He held his ground, and his answers stopped them in their tracks. Check out Luke 6, 1-5, and Luke 20, 22-25. And there are lots of other examples. In these two situations, Jesus gave new depth to the meaning of what honoring the Sabbath really meant when the Pharisees accused his disciples of breaking the Sabbath by picking and eating grain on that holy day. 
and he also had a ready answer when asked if the Jews should pay taxes. His answer, give Caesar what is Caesar's, give God what is God's. He was never caught off guard by what his critics had to say. So this week, embrace this unruffled mindset of Jesus that listens to God for the perfect response when someone criticizes you, your faith, or anything unnecessarily. If you'd like to print out a list of all 22 ways to pray with the mindset of Jesus in 2022, you'll find a link at the bottom of the show notes page. Just click on that and then check your download folder. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm so grateful you tuned in. If you enjoyed today's episode, I hope you'll share it with a friend. There may be someone you know who would really appreciate the ideas in this week's episode. If you're new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, I am so grateful you're here. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't subscribed yet, I encourage you to do so. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the subscribe tab in the menu bar. Fill out the form and you're all set. And of course, you can listen on your favorite podcast app, but when you sign up on the website, you'll never miss any special announcements that I have. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, or if you just need some spiritual encouragement, please reach out to me. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click the contact tab. I would love to hear from you. Fill out the form, and I'll be in touch. As always, I'll have all the Bible references mentioned today in the show notes on the website. Just go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 131. This is episode 131, and you'll see them all down at the bottom of the page. I want to thank you so much for your support, all the many ways that you have been encouraging to me by writing me and letting me know how something has been helpful by sharing the podcast with others, and for those of you who have made financial contributions to help offset the operating expenses of the podcast, I am very grateful. Thank you so much. Again, I want to thank you for being here and wish you a happy Easter with a deep sense of what Jesus' resurrection means to you. That's it for this week. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care, and we'll see you next time. God bless.